So our, this morning I'm really excited about what uh, we have to share through the scripture this morning. And I want to invite you to find the scripture with me. It's from the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Vamos a leer Hechos 2, el 42 al 47. Uh, on the screen you'll see some page numbers. Those are tied to the Bibles in the back, or at least they're close to it, and will help you to find the scripture. You're also welcome to use your phones or whatever means you have to get to that scripture. Pueden usar la página de la pantalla para encontrar donde está el texto en las Biblias atrás. Um, as you are getting there, I want you to know that I'm going to be reading this first in English and then in Spanish. And what we're doing over these next few weeks, we've been looking at Sunrise Family Values. We've been trying to get back to some of the biblical convictions that were the basis of this ministry informing this ministry 20 years ago and that we hope to continue to live by. Estamos mirando los valores de la familia amanecer, las convicciones bíblicas que formaron la base de este ministerio. So let's listen to this. Uh, this is the word of God and it's talking. This is a description, get, have this in mind, of the first Christians. Es una descripción de los primeros cristianos. And speaking of the first Christians, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Se mantenían firmes en la enseñanza de los apóstoles, en la comunión, en el partimiento del pan y en la oración. Todos estaban asombrados por los muchos prodigios y señales que realizaban los apóstoles. Todos los creyentes estaban juntos y tenían todo en común. Vendían sus propiedades y posesiones y compartían sus bienes entre sí según la necesidad de cada uno. No dejaban de reunirse en el templo ni un solo día. De casa en casa partían el pan y compartían la comida con alegría y generosidad, alabando a Dios y disfrutando de la estimación general del pueblo. Y cada día el Señor añadía al grupo los que iban siendo Salvos. So uh, last month, um, I had another birthday, and it wasn't my 30th birthday. It, it was uh, way beyond that. And it's one of those milestone birthdays. You know, there are certain places now where I can eat on the senior menu. Uh, and so it was one of those kind of birthdays. Yo tuve un cumpleaños hace un mes, ya soy viejo. So I'm old, okay? Um, I'm putting it out there. I'm old. But with being old, there come certain privileges. And one of those privileges is I get to tell old jokes. Okay, so I'm going to lay an old joke on you this morning, and, and I'm a dad as well, so I get to tell old jokes that are probably dad jokes too, so it's really good. It's a double blessing for me. But did you know, sabían ustedes, este es un chiste de viejos, did you know that there's actually biblical proof that there were automobiles 2,000 years ago? Cars, that's right. Hay prueba bíblica de que había automóviles hace dos mil años. And that proof is found in the scripture we just read today in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Está en Hechos 2, 46. Now, being a, a pastor, I need to break this down for you a little bit. It says in Acts 2, 46, that the early believers continued to meet 
together in the temple courts. Dicen que los creyentes no dejaban de reunirse unánimes en el templo, ni un solo día. Now that word together, that's the key word. The word together there in the original language of the Bible can also be translated, and often it is translated, as they continued to meet in one accord. So there it is. There's the proof. The people in the Bible were in one accord. Show it. Show it. There's the proof. I need to see that, Shailene. Put it up there. Ahí está la prueba de que estaban en un solo acuerdo. There they were. Now, I don't know if they had parking lot attendance at the temple because I'm thinking it was just one accord. That's all they had. But uh, anyway, there you have it. Ahí está la prueba. Now, the reason I told you that old joke was not to get a laugh. Actually, I'm surprised that you laughed at that. Um, I didn't tell it to get a laugh. Uh, the reason I told it is because, in a way, that's not too far from the truth that we want to get to today. De cierta forma, no es muy lejos de la verdad que, que queremos ver hoy. Again, I want to repeat what Acts 2.46 says. It says that the first Christians met together in one accord. And they were in one accord together in the temple courts. Estaban unánimes en un común acuerdo en los atrios del templo. But it also says that they were meeting together and breaking bread in homes. So they were in one accord in the temple courts, but they were also in one accord in the homes. Están unánimes también de casa en casa, donde partían el pan. Now, if we go into Acts chapter 2, verse 42, the first verse we read, it gives us even more of a picture here. It says that the first Christians devoted themselves. And that word devoted themselves can mean they were attached to. They were attentive to. They were persevering in. Estaban devotos, estaban, se mantenían firmes o pegados a algo. And what were they attached to? What were they devoted to? What were they persevering in? What were they attentive to? They were attentive to the apostles' teaching from the word of God. Seguían la enseñanza de los apóstoles, la palabra de Dios. They were attentive to communion or fellowship coming together en la comunión. They were attentive and stuck to the breaking of bread, eating together, estaban comiendo juntos, and they were also attentive to prayer. Se mantenían firmes en la oración. So get this. These early believers attached themselves, devoted and dedicated themselves to these different habits of God's word and prayer and coming together and eating. Se pegaban a estos hábitos de la palabra de Dios, la oración, comer juntos, estar en comunión. And where did they do that? They did that through the vehicle of large group worship in the temple and through small groups meeting together in the homes. Estaban en este vehículo del templo y de las casas. And verse 47 then says that as they're in this vehicle, it wasn't a Honda Accord, but it was a vehicle, the vehicle of being in the temple and being in the homes and doing these things as they were sticking to God's word, as they were worshiping together, as they were loving on each other, as they were eating together in the public space of the temple, the private space of the homes, what was happening? They were praising God and impacting lives. Al estar en este vehículo de, del espacio público de los templos, eh, espacio privado de las casas, alababan a Dios e impactaban las vidas. And there was awe 
in their midst. There were miracles in their midst. They were sharing their material goods and helping each other out. Compartían sus bienes y había prodigios y había mucho asombro. And what was the result of it all? As they were in this vehicle going forward in the temples and in the homes, it says, the Lord added daily to the number of those who were being saved. El Señor añadía cada día al grupo los que iban siendo salvos. In other words, as they were traveling in this vehicle together, the result was accelerated growth. There was accelerated growth. Había un crecimiento acelerado. And this growth was in numbers, yes, more and more people coming. But this growth was also a growth in, in other ways, a growth in God-like living, in, in living like Jesus, a growth in character, in fruit. Había frutos también en su carácter, en su madurez. They were maturing together as the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work was showing up in their lives. And where did that happen? In temple courts and in homes. Large group gatherings and small group gatherings. Ocurría en templos y en las casas, grupos grandes y grupos pequeños. Now, we need to know something about history here because history tells us that not long after this was happening, the temple part actually disappeared. La parte del templo se desapareció después. In fact, in the very book of Acts, you find where they don't gather in the temple anymore. In fact, they weren't gathering in the temple of Jerusalem or in any other public building for over 200 years. No podían congregarse en templos y otros edificios dos o trescientos años después. And yet, here's the thing. The early church continued to grow. That accelerated growth continued to happen. Seguían con un crecimiento acelerado. Why was that? How was it that they could do that without that vehicle of large group worship? ¿Cómo podían crecer si en el vehículo de, del templo? Well, I believe it was because of what we have called sunrise family value number four. Tiene que ver con el valor número cuatro de nuestra iglesia. And here's that value that we articulated 20 years ago. Personal change and authentic community occur best in small groups. La transformación personal, la comunidad auténtica ocurre en lo mejor en grupos pequeños. That's the value we're looking at. You see, for the, for the Jewish people, the temple was a very important place. That magnificent building in Jerusalem was thought to be, was believed to be the very portal into heaven. That was the very place where heaven and earth touched I've said that before here. Los judíos creían que el templo era el lugar donde el cielo tocaba la tierra. To get connected to God as a good Jew, you had to get to the temple. You had to go into that place. You had to do the ceremonies. You had to be there. Para conectarse con Dios, los judíos tenían que ir al templo. But the early Christians discovered something different. They believed something different. Los primeros cristianos creían algo diferente. They believed and came to realize that the true temple of God is not a building. The true temple of God is a person. And that person's name is Jesus. Verdadero templo de Dios es Jesús. In fact, before Jesus ever went to the cross, 
in John 2.19, what did Jesus say? He said, destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. Destruy este templo, dijo Jesús, y lo levantaré de nuevo en tres días. He was talking about himself. Jesus came and he has become the temple. He's the true connecting point. It's in Jesus that God meets sinners. It's in Jesus that God pays for sin and forgives us and reconciles us. It's in Jesus que Dios paga el pecado y nos reconcilia, con, nos reconcilia consigo mismo. It's in Jesus that we become new creations, new people. And the early church grasped on to that. They understood that. La iglesia com, eh, comprendía que Jesús era el punto de conexión. Jesus is where it's at. And so for the early church to say, I'm going to church, didn't make sense. Because church was not a place. Church was a community of people gathered around Jesus. A community of people filled up with the Holy Spirit of God who is Jesus' representative on earth. La iglesia es un, una comunidad de personas llenas, llenas del Espíritu Santo, representante de Jesús. And so now that Jesus in his resurrected body has ascended on high, and promises to return. Where's the temple of God on earth? ¿Dónde está el templo ahora que Jesús ha ascendido? It's in his people. See, we're the temple. Wherever two or three gather together and attach themselves to God's word and to one another, to prayer and fellowship, the Holy Spirit is there and Jesus is there. That's the connecting place between heaven and earth. Donde hay dos o tres que están congregados en el nombre del Señor, ahí está Jesús. Now somehow, amen to that, that's right. Somehow, we've kind of lost that. In fact, I would say that oftentimes our attitude is more like that that the early Jews had. In order to grow spiritually, we often have the mistaken notion that we must get to a certain place. We must get to a building on Sunday morning for a certain hour and listen to a message and soak it up. And then if we could just do that often enough, that's how spiritual growth takes place. Pensamos que el crecimiento espiritual es llegar a un edificio cada semana, empapar un mensaje y así crecemos. Now, that's not wrong. Spiritual growth does take place. You could say this is kind of like a temple, right? We have a building here. We come together. I think spiritual growth happens here, or I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I believe in this. Yo creo que sí crecemos espiritualmente. But here's the thing. Is this the only place where heaven and earth touch? ¿Es el único lugar? There's a pastor out there by the name of, of Mike Gaffa who has made some training videos, and I was viewing this recently. Un pastor ha hecho un video de entrenamiento, and he was comparing growth, spiritual growth by coming to the temple of a church building with planting an orange tree. Un pastor lo compara el templo a plantar un naranjo. Now, some of you may know this, that you can actually plant an orange tree from a single seed. You can put it in the ground and grow an orange tree. Es posible plantar un naranjo de, de una sola semilla. Now, the problem is, it takes a while. Lleva un proceso. 
I'm not an expert, but what I'm told is it can take up to seven years for a single seed to grow up into an orange tree, then that, that tree then begins to produce fruit. And that seven-year period is known as a period of juvenility or immaturity. Son siete años de juvenilidad o inmadurez para que la semilla crezca y de frutos. And when that orange tree, after seven long years, finally begins to put out oranges, that orange tree that's been planted from a single seed, the fruit is not very much, and it's not very good. Not very sweet. El fruto no es mucho ni bueno. Yeah, you'll get some oranges. Yeah, it works, but it's just not what it could be. And that, this pastor says, is a picture of what it looks like to seek to make the large group temple on Sunday morning our only means of spiritual growth. Así es crecer solo los domingos en la mañana. Think about it. If you only have one hour out of the week where you have to come to a special building and have the seed of God's word planted in you just one hour a week, if that's your only exposure to the things of God, if that's the only way you are connecting with God and connecting with God's people, yeah, you're going to grow. Of course you're going to grow. Claro que vas a crecer, but it's going to be incredibly slow. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Again, uh, I believe in what we're doing right now. This is good. This is important. I promote this. In fact, uh, I've been saying since the beginning of the year, we need to be more in this place, not less, right? I've been encouraging you. Be here as often as you can. Tenemos que estar juntos en la adoración. Yo creo en esto. I'm going to promote it. I love it. I want it. You'll never hear me saying this is not good. It's not a bad thing. This is great. But again, I want to stress, if, if this is your only means of spiritual growth, don't be surprised if it takes you years to move forward. And you're like, why, why does life keep banging me up? Why do I keep getting kicked around? Why do I never seem to change? It's slow. Si es la única manera de crecer espiritualmente, la vida nos va a pegar y vamos a preguntar por qué. Well, there's another way to grow an orange tree, I understand, and if you're around here, you know what it is. Uh, Mike Gaffa, the pastor, says, the other way to grow an orange tree is not by planting a single seed, but it's by doing something else called grafting. You've probably heard of it. You've probably seen it around here. Se puede injertar. You take some branches from one existing orange tree or several existing orange trees, and what do you do? You attach them. You graft them. You, you stick them together to the trunk of another orange tree, a strong tree. Injertas las ramas de un naranjo a otro, el tronco de otro naranjo. You, you, what do you do? You bring them together in one accord, and you stick them together, and when you do that, what happens? Cuando injertas así, and unánimes que pasa, well, growth is accelerated. The season of juvenility, as I understand, is shortened from seven years to one or two years. Hay dos años a lo mejor de juvenilidad. And when that tree starts to put out oranges, it just goes. You've got sweet, succulent, abundant, fresh, beautiful oranges coming at you all the time. Empieza a poner naranjas muy dulces y abundantes. You see, that's a picture of what we're talking about here. 
personal life change and authentic community occur best in small groups. La transformación personal y la comunidad auténtica ocurren lo mejor en grupos pequeños. What we're talking about, really, is worship plus one. You've heard me say that this week, right? Adoración más otra cosa. Large group worship plus small group interaction in our daily lives. Worship plus one. In fact, there's a great example of this I want to show you from Acts chapter 18. Miremos hecho capítulo 18. In Acts chapter 18, we read this unusual story about a Jewish man named Apollos. He was from Alexandria, Egypt, but he came to Ephesus, a city in Turkey. Un judío llamado Apollos de Alejandría de Egipto llegó a Éfeso en Turquía. And it says in Acts uh 1824, he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. Era un hombre ilustrado y convincente en el uso de las escrituras. And he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. This guy was a Christian. Había sido instruido en el camino del Señor y con gran fervor hablaba y enseñaba con la mayor exactitud acerca de Jesús. But it says he only knew the baptism of John. Solo conocía el bautismo de Juan. In other words, Apollos was missing something. He thought baptism was just about leaving behind sin and then trying harder, okay? Él pensaba que el bautismo era dejar el pecado solamente. He didn't understand that for Christians, baptism is not just leaving behind sin. It's embracing Jesus and being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you live. No comprendía que el bautismo simbolizaba aferrarse uno a Jesús y ser lleno del Espíritu Santo. So, here's Apollos. It says that he was speaking boldly in the synagogue of Ephesus. Estaba hablando valientemente en la sinagoga. And then there was this couple named Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla Aquila. And it says when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, what did they do? Notice, they didn't stand up in the synagogue and embarrass him. Cuando le escucharon, no lo pusieron a la vergüenza. They, they didn't call him out and say, hey, Apollos, you're, you're messing it up. That's not what baptism is. They didn't because they were mature Christians. It says they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Lo tomaron a su cargo, a su casa, y le explicaron con mayor precisión el camino de Dios. They did basic food and friends. And in that small group setting, they helped to add a piece of the puzzle to Apollos' teaching. Añadían una pieza a su enseñanza. And what happened after that? It says Apollos went out, he went to other places. And verse 28 says, he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. El refutaba vigorosamente público a los judíos, demostrando por las escrituras que Jesús es el Mesías. Apollos' growth was accelerated through that one interaction with that beautiful Christian couple, Priscilla and Aquila. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Personal life change and authentic community are going to occur best in that small group interaction. La transformación personal, la comunidad auténtica, ocurren lo mejor en grupos pequeños. Now that's a, a value that we 
articulated. That's a conviction we began Sunrise with 20 years ago. Comenzamos con esa convicción hace 20 años. And here's where I, I have to kind of confess something and open up my heart. Of all the Sunrise family values that we have held to over the last 20 years, this one for me has been the most difficult for us as a church. Este ha sido el más difícil para nosotros como iglesia. This has been the one that's probably frustrated me the most as we've tried to live this out. We've had small groups here at the church. We continue to have small groups. Tenemos grupos pequeños. We've had house churches. We've had one-on-one -on -one discipleship groups. We've had Bible study groups. We've had short-term groups. We've had large, long-term groups. Hemos tenido grupos pequeños a largo, a corto plazo, con uno, uno, dos personas, con ocho personas. We've had groups based on the Sunday morning message and groups not based on the Sunday morning message. Hemos tenido varios tipos de grupos. And in certain places, we've seen those groups hit the mark. We've seen people change. We've seen people grow. Hemos visto crecimiento. In other places, it's been disappointing. It's been hard. Ha sido difícil. And I've asked myself many, many a time over the last 20 years, why is this so hard? You know, why do we kind of keep knocking our heads on the wall here? This is really tough. Porque es difícil. And I don't have all the answers, but one of the things I've seen is that there are a number of factors in our world that work against small group community for us as Christians. Hay varios factores. One of those factors is um, our schedules are crazy, right? To get three or four people, even three or four people to come together on the same schedule That's incredibly hard. Sometimes we can't even do that within our houses, right? To get everybody at the dinner table. That's incredibly hard. Los horarios es difícil congregarnos. Another factor that we have that we're, we're going against is our own technology and the advances of our society are against us so that we come home at night after a day of interacting with our computers and our devices and we come home at night and what do we want to do? We want to interact with our computers and our devices instead of interacting with each other. And we're fighting that. Queremos intercambiar con los aparatitos en vez de las personas. And so that's another thing. Our culture too. We're, we're a very different group of people. For some, there's a cultural barrier of opening up their homes. Para algunos es difícil abrir las casas. Some people feel like, oh, my home is inferior. My home is a mess. I can't have people over. I, I can't clean every week and have people to my house. Algunos se sienten cohibidos a abrir su casa porque está sucia o se sienten inferiores. And then there are others who say, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can have that person over to my house because they're different from me. Esa persona es diferente. There's a cultural barrier that we have to cross too. So there's a lot of barriers that can really work against this vehicle of small group community. Hay muchas barreras. So here's the question I want to float with us. How do we turn this around? How can we get this vehicle of being in one accord through small group community back on the road again? ¿Cómo encaminar ese vehículo de, la, de los grupos pequeños? I don't have the answers. I'm asking the question. But here's something that's been in my heart lately, something that I've been thinking about. I happened upon this not too long ago. 400 years ago, the Puritan Christians, they were an amazing group of people. Los puritanos hace 400 años. Eran cristianos de primera calidad. They 
engaged in a spiritual habit they called conference. Conference. Tenían un hábito que se llama la conferencia. Now, when we think of conference, we think of a class, a seminar, a workshop. Pensamos en un taller, un, un, un seminario. No era eso. That's not a conference. For the Puritans, <coughs> the spiritual habit of conference was the intentional habit, the intentional routine of engaging in spiritual conversations on a regular basis with the people in our lives. Era tener conversaciones espirituales regulares con las personas. That was conference, to talk about the things of God. So there was a Puritan pastor 400 years ago by the name of Richard Bastery. This is what he said. He said, we cannot speak so familiarly and come so close to everyone's case or everyone's situation in a common sermon as we may do by conference. Dijo un pastor, no podemos hablar tan familiarmente y acercamos tanto al caso de todos en un sermón común como lo haremos en una conferencia. What was he saying? He was saying that when we're in large group worship, and the, the message is being preached. What we talk about here are many times general truths. Very important general truths. Hablamos de, de verdades generales aquí. But those truths don't always hit you where you are because, you know, to customize that is impossible. Es difícil que esa verdad llegue a cada persona de forma personalizada. When we're here in large group, the, the sermon or the Sunday morning message is basically one-way communication. I talk, you listen. I like that. Works for me. You know, it's pretty good. Yo hablo, ustedes escuchan. But in a conference, it's two-way communication. In a small group, it's two-way. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. Yo hablo, ustedes escuchan, pero en una conferencia, tú hablas y yo escucho. It's personal. And we're not just talking about the weather or sports or the news or anything like that. Yeah, we may touch on that. No hablamos solo del deporte, las noticias. We're talking about the things of God together. Heavenly matters. How to, how to resist temptation, how to deal with, with sin. Como enfrentar el pecado. Uh, how to love the difficult people in our lives. Como amar a las personas. How, how to gain from the daily reading of God's word. We're sharing what God's word is saying. Como ganar algo de la palabra de Dios. How to, how to honor Jesus at my work. How to be honest. How to make God the center of my life. Como honrar a Jesús y centrar mi vida en Dios. That's conference. You see what conference is? Conference is the place where heaven and earth touch. It's the place where, where Jesus meets us through each other. Es un lugar donde el cielo y, y, y la tierra se tocan. It's the new temple. In fact, that word conference means to carry something together. We're carrying the things of God together in one accord. Estamos llevando las cosas de Dios juntos en un común acuerdo. So I want to lift that up to us, that idea of a conference. And I want to ask you this morning, where are you spiritually? Do you feel like you've just been stagnating, spiritually speaking? ¿Te sientes estancado? Do you, do you feel like 
you're not moving forward in your spiritual growth. I want to invite and challenge you and me to escape juvenility. Escape that, that immature, awkward period. And to get on the road through the vehicle of conference in small group community. You see, our growth in Christ-like living is accelerated through the vehicle of relating to God's word and to each other through small group interactions. Frequent small group interactions. Just one or two. Nuestro crecimiento está acelerado en el vehículo de intercambiar con la palabra de Dios y unos con otros en grupos pequeños. And that's why today... We're doing this thing called Basic Food and Friends. Simply put, we want to model this. Por eso esto comida básica con amigos. And again, I say, if you haven't connected with us and you want to, I invite you to be a part of it. But as you go to different homes today, and even throughout this week, I want to encourage you to look for opportunities to have a conference. Have a spiritual conversation. In fact, if you're a host this morning, and you're going to your home, I want to... I want to ask you if you do me one favor. If at some point during your meal, you would just have a time to discuss this message this morning. Could you do that? Pueden hablar de mensaje dominical en sus casas hoy. What hit you? What didn't you understand? How is God, you know, nudging you forward? What do you need to do? What questions do you have? ¿Cómo te está ayudando eso? ¿Qué preguntas tienen? Talk about this. Have a conference. And we have other opportunities that we try to create. We have Wednesday night Bible studies and Sunday morning groups. We need more. I'm so glad we have the What I Believe class starting. That's another opportunity, see, for spiritual growth to be accelerated. And I'm excited about that. We can have more. So you come and talk to me or uh, Elder Cody or our other elder team. We would love to see how we can get more of these interactions going because that's what it's about. It's not about a program. It's about just that life-on-life relationships. Si quieren tener un estudio, hay los miércoles, hay otras oportunidades. In fact, this week, I'm just going to invite you to be looking for one or two other people that you can have an intentional conference with. That person might be your spouse. Mindy, I think we need to have a conference. Tenemos que tener una conferencia. And that doesn't mean you're in trouble or I'm in trouble. It means we, we, need, to, we need to pray and talk together, Right? Have a conference with, with your child. Have a conference with your neighbor who maybe doesn't know Jesus, like Cody was saying. You see, being in one accord together is the vehicle. It's the vehicle for accelerated spiritual growth. Estando en un acuerdo es el vehículo para crecimiento espiritual. So what do you say? Let's, let's get in the vehicle. It's not a car, but it's a vehicle. Let's get in. And get on board and go forward together. Vamos a seguir adelante juntos. Please pray with me. Vamos a orar. Lord Jesus, we're, we're uh, people that are very fickle. And um, we sometimes just kind of go through life uh, bouncing from one experience to the next without really understanding the path that we're taking. A veces seguimos las experiencias sin ver la ruta que seguimos. 
And as I said a few weeks ago, the current of our culture often comes against us. But Lord, this morning we have an opportunity to buck that current. Tenemos la oportunidad de resistir la corriente. Why? Because your river, as we sang earlier, your river is there. And, and, and your river is bursting in our midst. If only we could recognize how your Holy Spirit is at work. Tu río está fluyendo en nuestro medio. So I give you thanks for every single person here. I give you thanks that, that the church is not this building on the corner of Jay and Inyo. The church is wherever I connect with any other person who believes in Jesus. And, and the church can happen at Starbucks and it can happen uh, at a restaurant. It can happen in, a, in our bedrooms at home with our spouses or children. Church can happen just anywhere and that just sets us free. La iglesia no es solo este edificio en este rincón, sino esta esquina, sino que es, es donde nos encontramos con nuestros hermanos en Cristo. So Lord, set us up for some conferences this week. I pray that we would have a conference today as we go to people's homes. Open us up. Open us up to be that people that loves and shares of the things of Jesus. Que podamos compartir de las cosas del Señor Jesús. Thank you, Jesus. You're the temple. You're the place we seek to live always. And we can do that every single moment. Not just here, but always. Gracias que, Señor Jesús, tú eres el templo en el que podemos morar siempre. We thank you and we pray in your holy and precious name. 